The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing the fan theory that Rubius Hagrid was a Death Eater. Since the original release of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in 1997, Theories based on the Wizarding World of Harry Potter have abounded. There are theories out there that Professor Severus Snape was a vampire, and that Hermione and Harry were actually siblings. Some of these theories are more popular and widespread than others, such as the idea that Neville Longbottom was actually the Chosen One Professor Trelawney spoke of in her prophecy about the downfall of Lord Voldemort. There are also outlandish speculations that barely deserve any discussion. Today, however, I'll be taking you through a fan theory that has gained some massive traction online, the idea that Rubius Hagrid was in fact a Death Eater. The majority of this theory has been presented by a Reddit user by the name of WoofPH, who shared his theory on the subreddit Fan Theories. Upon first learning of this theory, I must admit I was skeptical. How could the blundering yet lovable half-giant who rescued Harry from the Dursleys secretly be a dark wizard in direct conflict with those he was supposed to be allied with. But after reading it, I must admit, the theory is compelling and filled with some incredibly plausible evidence. It is worth noting, however, that the author of the theory has conceded that much of the evidence against Hagrid can likely be chalked up to plot holes, especially earlier on in the series. But it's still fascinating to see how it all fits so well together to support the idea that Hagrid could have actually been a double agent and follower of Lord Voldemort. As another fan pointed out, the idea that this could be true also provides a really interesting balance to Severus Snape being a double agent for Dumbledore. In any case, let's take a look at some of the most valid points, at least in my opinion, that support the idea that Hagrid was a Death Eater from this popular fan theory. To begin with, Hagrid, a half-giant working the grounds of Hogwarts without a proper magical education due to his expulsion from the same school, had many suspiciously high-ranking associates and friends. He was a trusted confidant to Professor Albus Dumbledore, headmaster of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. He was also on a first-name basis with one of the Ministers for Magic during Harry's tenure at school, Cornelius Fudge not to mention the numerous connections he had through the Order of the Phoenix. Then, of course, there was Harry, the famous boy who lived, who throughout the series seemed to feel forever indebted to Hagrid due to his constant presence during monumental moments in Harry's life, such as retrieving him from Potter Cottage after Voldemort killed his parents, and offering a listening ear throughout his years at school. Certainly, much of this could be chalked up to Hagrid's perceived affable nature and good timing, but it does seem rather suspicious that a lowly groundskeeper who didn't finish school would have such close ties with so many powerful witches and wizards who opposed Voldemort. Unless, of course, he had cultivated those ties in an effort to serve the Dark Lord. How is it then, you may ask, that Hagrid would have come into the service of Voldemort? And when? Well, as presented by this fan theory, it seems that he could have become entangled with the Dark Lord as early as the 1940s, when he was a student at Hogwarts. For those who don't remember, it was Hagrid's fellow classmate Tom Riddle, who would go on to become Lord Voldemort, 
who framed Hagrid for reopening the Chamber of Secrets. At this point in time, we know that the two wizards knew each other and even referred to one another by their first names. This is particularly worth noting as Dumbledore shared with Harry that very few people know that Lord Voldemort was once called Tom Riddle, but of course Hagrid did. So what if they were already working together and Hagrid intentionally took the fall for reopening the Chamber of Secrets in order to protect Tom, knowing that he could later clear his name and gain Dumbledore's trust by proving he was innocent. From there, Dumbledore would have taken pity on Hagrid, taken him under his wing, and given him the groundskeeper job at Hogwarts. Hagrid would have then been perfectly placed to keep an eye on Dumbledore for Tom, as the future Dark Lord went out into the world to recruit more followers. Further ingraining himself into Dumbledore's inner circle, Hagrid would have then joined the Order of the Phoenix and been able to keep Voldemort informed of their biggest missions, including the effort to conceal the Potter family's location. In looking at Hagrid's involvement in retrieving baby Harry from Potter Cottage on that fateful night of October 31st, 1981, there seem to be quite a few details that don't add up. To begin with, how did Hagrid know where to go to retrieve Harry? Potter Cottage had been magically concealed by the Fidelius charm, meaning only the secret keeper, fellow Death Eater Peter Wormtail Pettigrew, could have told Hagrid where Harry would be. Even though Dumbledore knew the location, he couldn't have shared it with Hagrid until Lily and James were dead, as Dumbledore was not the secret keeper. And yet, Hagrid shows up on the scene almost immediately after James and Lily were murdered and before neighboring muggles were able to respond to what was presumably not a small explosion. Hagrid also mentions that the only other wizard he encountered at the scene was Sirius Black, which suggests that Hagrid even beat most other magical folks to the scene. He could have only managed to get there before anyone else if he was either nearby or told the location in advance, neither of which can easily be accounted for, since he was living up at Hogwarts Castle in the Scottish Highlands at the time. And because he didn't graduate from school, he was prohibited from using magic, never mind the fact that he shouldn't have even known how to perform more complicated magic that would have allowed him to travel that fast. Take apparating, for example. Apparition is only taught to fifth years at Hogwarts, and as we've already established, Hagrid was expelled in his third year. Not to mention that apparating requires a ministry-issued license, which of course Hagrid wouldn't have had because he wasn't allowed to practice magic at all. In addition to all of that, he admits to Harry years later that he was too heavy to ride either a broom or a thestral. This means one of two things. Wormtail shared the location with him before the Potter's deaths because they were both Death Eaters, or he was capable of much more complex magic than he was letting on. Now, in regards to that last point, there are several pieces of evidence to support this part of the theory. First of all, he gets to the Potter's house faster than he should have been able to, suggesting he's capable of magic he technically shouldn't be able to do. Then, when he comes to collect Harry from the remote aisle on the boy's 11th birthday, he demonstrates twice that he's capable of performing advanced magic. To begin with, he tells Harry that he flew to the island from the mainland. As we've already covered that Hagrid was too heavy to fly a Thestral or broom, and there's no evidence of something like a flying motorbike or even another boat on the tiny rocky isle, that begs the question of how did he fly there? Well, without any other reasonable explanation, the conclusion that we can draw here is that he flew all on his own something we only ever see two other wizards do in the series, both of whom are incredibly powerful. 
Voldemort, and Snape. If Hagrid was kicked out of school in only his third year, who else would he have learned this rare and difficult skill from if not the Dark Lord? During this initial encounter with Harry on the small island, Hagrid also used advanced transfiguration magic to give Dudley a pig's tail. In this instance, Hagrid was not only able to perform this rather difficult magic, but he was able to do it without verbally using an incantation, a practice which is known to make a spell even harder to cast. Add to that the fact that he cast this difficult spell non-verbally with his broken wand that had been snapped in half when he was expelled from school, and it seems to support the idea that Hagrid was actually quite an accomplished wizard indeed. Not to mention the fact that in performing that last spell on Dudley, Hagrid was not only blatantly breaking the law in doing magic, he was also ignoring the international statute of secrecy by performing magic in front of muggles. Almost the most disturbing aspect of this scene, though, was how little Hagrid seemed to care about what he did to Dudley, whose only crime at the time was stealing some of Harry's birthday cake, and who later had to get the tail surgically removed. This seems to suggest that Hagrid shared an open hatred and distrust towards muggles with Voldemort, as he never even attempted to remove the tail or ensure that Dudley was okay. And while this course of action was more than okay with Harry, who had been abused by Dudley and the Dursleys for years, it's actually rather dark when you think about how Hagrid's actions basically just fulfilled the revenge fantasy of an 11-year-old. It kind of seems like something only a dark wizard would be into, wouldn't you agree? In any case, this interaction also showcases the first of many examples of Hagrid manipulating Harry into having an unusually close relationship with him. He brought him his first ever birthday cake, physically disfigured his childhood bully, and then brought him to a magical alley and bought him an owl, which as it turned out was a bright white owl that, as the theory points out, was incredibly easy to spot. Not a bad characteristic if you're hoping to track all communications and whereabouts of someone. Then, later in the series, when Hagrid felt like he was less involved with Harry and his friends, he even went so far as to act passive-aggressively towards these three teenagers until they began to pay attention to him again, another manipulation to keep Harry close. In Harry's first year at Hogwarts, we also witness one of my favorite points of the entire Hagrid was a Death Eater theory, the fact that Hagrid basically hand-delivered Harry to Voldemort in the Forbidden Forest. Despite the name of these dark woods literally being the Forbidden Forest, Hagrid suggested chores after dark in the woods as a form of detention for Harry, Hermione, Neville, and Draco, a group of untrained 11-year-old witches and wizards. After splitting the group in two and sending Harry and Draco off on their own, they almost immediately bumped into, you guessed it, Lord Voldemort. And if it wasn't for the centaur, Firenze, who happened across the scene, Harry very likely could have died right then and there. It was also Hagrid that piqued Harry's interest in the Philosopher's Stone that same year. Over the months, he let multiple things slip to Harry and his friends about the stone and where it was located in the castle. He even gave him a flute, the key to getting past the first layer of protection for the stone, Hagrid's three-headed guard dog, Fluffy. It also seemed rather convenient that the last few bits of information he gave Harry, Ron, and Hermione about the Philosopher's Stone before they ran off to go protect it was at a time when Dumbledore was conspicuously absent from the school. The next time that Hagrid so blatantly put Harry's life in danger was in his fourth year, when he was selected as a champion for the Triwizard Tournament. As the theory states, 
There were multiple times that Hagrid pressured Harry into sticking with the tasks, convincing him that he could win. Hagrid even cheated to help Harry overcome the challenges throughout the tournament by doing things like showing him the dragons and the arena ahead of the first task. He even had a secret meeting with Professor Mad-Eye Moody, who was actually Death Eater Barty Crouch Jr. in disguise. The two were seen conspiring, which makes a lot less sense if they weren't two Death Eaters planning the downfall of Harry Potter. For why would an accomplished Aura and Professor be meeting for a clandestine drink with the school's gameskeeper? At the end of the Triwizard Tournament, we're also left with the question of how in Merlin's beard Voldemort got his original wand back. He was vanquished to the shadows for over a decade, and yet, upon his return to his body, he somehow had his old wand. As the theory describes, the Priori Incantatum spell showcased that the wand hadn't cast a spell since his killing curses at Potter Cottage. So, who'd been holding on to it for all these years? Well, considering Hagrid was the first to arrive on the scene, it's quite possible that he took it. For if the Muggles had found it, someone from the Wizarding World would have confiscated it, and it either would have been destroyed or kept under lock and key at the Ministry of Magic. If any Ministry officials had found it, the same outcome likely would have occurred. If Sirius Black had picked it up, the Ministry would have taken it from him when he was arrested. We know that Peter Pettigrew didn't take it with him, as he lived the next ten years as a rat. This leaves Hagrid, and since we know that, as the groundskeeper, Hagrid would have had a hand in building the maze for the final challenge of the Triwizard Tournament, and presumably he was old pals with Wormtail, he could have used the portkey to hand the wand over to Peter, who then gave it to Voldemort once he had regained his body back, all before Harry and Cedric used the same portkey at the end of the task. The next opportunity that Hagrid had to put Harry in danger was on the eve of his 17th birthday. During the Battle of the Seven Potters, Hagrid was conveniently partnered with Harry, and despite his immense size, Hagrid the enormous half-giant was not hit even once by a stray spell, all of which were being cast to severely injure or kill by other Death Eaters and Voldemort himself. This seems particularly suspicious to me, especially considering that Harry was the target, and Hagrid and Harry were riding together. Even one of the Wizarding World's most skilled auras, Mad-Eye Moody, was killed in the fray, but not the enormous, magically uneducated Hagrid. Equally as suspicious was the choice that Hagrid made to yell Harry's name out more than ten times during a mission that was meant to conceal Harry's identity, almost as if he was trying to get the Death Eater's attention. Hagrid then jumped out of the flying motorbike, abandoning Harry to face Voldemort alone. And finally, one of the most solid pieces of evidence from his fan theory that supports that Hagrid could have been an agent of the Dark Lord, the fact that the Death Eaters and Voldemort didn't immediately kill him upon capturing him during the Battle of Hogwarts. In fact, sparing Hagrid's life in this scene went directly against what the Dark Lord had ordered his followers to do. My instructions to my Death Eaters have been perfectly clear. Capture Potter, kill his friends, the more the better, but do not kill him. So, if Hagrid was indeed Harry's friend, wouldn't they have immediately and gleefully murdered him as soon as they caught him? As we've discussed, he was not a small being, and the knowledge of his relationship with Harry was well known. The Death Eaters who captured him would have known right away that he was the half-giant friend of the boy who lived. So, if he wasn't a devoted Death Eater himself, why wouldn't they have killed him on sight? Hagrid then unquestionably carried Harry back towards the castle 
when Voldemort ordered him to. Harry believed that he was under the influence of the Imperius curse, but Hagrid was able to speak of his own accord, suggesting that he was not actually cursed. While you may have counter arguments or pieces of evidence that contradict some of this fan theory, I think that as a whole it is quite an interesting one. Do I personally think that Rubius Hagrid was a Death Eater? No. In fact, I don't even think Reddit user WoofPH thinks that. But it's fascinating how many scenes and plot points support the idea that Hagrid could have been one. And with that, we've come to the end of another video. What did you think? Do you think Hagrid was a Death Eater? Were you surprised by how much of this theory actually made sense? Or do you think it's totally unfounded? Please share your thoughts in the comments below. And as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Also, be sure to check out the content on Spotify, as well as extra content on my second channel, Harry Potter Theory Extra. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.